to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I have got two ladies with me today that I tell you, man, I, I love who they are, who they represent. I especially have an incredible fondness for one of them because she's my daughter. Um, here on the outside, we have actually McKinley Taylor. Uh, she is my girl, and I'm glad to have you here today, McKinley. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Doug. Well, we have been talking about doing this for a while. And also with us today, we have another little fireball named Mallory McCormick. And she's, uh, she's I guess, y'all got to know each other through dance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, so when Mallory comes over, we have some interesting conversations. Um, we talk about all the things going on in the world, and we're going to fix all the problems usually, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, we've been talking about doing this, so probably, I don't know, a couple of months ago, um, had you guys, you were actually over at the house, and I said, you know what, we had a conversation about just kind of y'all growing up in this society and what's going on and the things you're dealing with, the pressures. And I told you, both of you ladies, y'all are doing a great job. Thank you. Because you really are. No, absolutely. You really are. And and so I, I thought about, you know, y'all just need to come on the podcast. I'd like to give you guys a voice and just to tell other people, one, what it's like growing up in this generation. Uh, two, others that are your age, you know, how to achieve success and do it the way y'all are doing it. And then three, how we can come around you um, and just support you guys. So I'm going to open it up with this, you know, Mallory, I'm going to start with you. Okay. What's it like growing up in, in, in this world today? Um, it's tough, I would say, but at the same time, I'm happy with growing up in this time because it's made me a stronger person rather than if it had been easier. I think I would have not had a firm foundation in Christ and um, in what I believe in. So personally, for me, I enjoy growing up now because it has made me a lot stronger than I think anything else could have. So tell me, what are the, really the struggles that you all really deal with? I mean, you know, I know what I think, and I'm going to share in a minute, but what, what are the things that really y'all feel like you struggle with the most? I mean, what's the hardest part of being a teenager these days? I think uh, the hardest part is just all of the temptation. There's just nowhere to get around, get away from it anymore. It's just in your face. It's on a billboard. It's on TV. You get an ad. It's just everywhere that you go, there's temptation and there's the peer pressure. And peer pressure has always been around. But right now, it's just so easy to accidentally trip. And once you fall, you fall down hard. Well, it's it's a hyper, it's hyper developed. I mean, you can't go anywhere that is... You know, you don't have somebody on the screen, you know, screaming at you, showing you, yeah. you know, their body and things like that. And so as a girl, um, I mean, I, I want to tell you, both you ladies, I mean, y'all have done a great job. I mean, y'all are, you know, classy, sharp, you know, um, but you're also modest. And the world is anything but modest. Yeah. Now, I know sure. that that's not been easy. So we're gonna, I'm going to jump straight off into kind of a difficult question. So I want you to be honest. I mean, in that area, um, you'll find being modest with all of the influence going on around you in the world today being is that difficult it really is difficult and that's for me I don't know if it's the same for you Mel um honestly I would say the opposite because I don't find it hard to be modest because 
I, I don't know. I guess I was raised like that, and I mean, I know you were too. But yeah. no, I mean, we let her run around, <laughs> you know, crazy naked all the time. It just no. But it was just. Um, I mean, the second I tried to do something a little bit immodest, my parents are like, Mm-mm, absolutely not. And it just kind of stuck with me. Like the first time it ever happened, it never really happened again. And so because of that, I just, I have a very um, strong feeling towards modesty. And it's always something I've wanted to make sure I'm really good about doing. Well, and it's hard to be influential in that area. Yeah. Now, you know how we've been. I mean, and here's the thing, okay? You'll see this stuff, you know, you'll, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's on TV, it's on your phones. And we have always taken measures, I mean, to try to really make sure and protect you as much as possible. Um, we reached a milestone not too long ago. I, I sat McKinley down and said, okay, I trust you. I mean, it's time to go to this next level of trust. And so we removed pretty much all the safeguards on your phone. And so I'm going to just ask you, man, is that, has that made it more difficult to navigate that area? Honestly, no, because even though it was there, I just... I didn't want to because I was, I knew my dad was looking and I knew Jesus was looking. <laughs> and so with that being there, it just formed that habit. And so, I mean, it's, you definitely come across things here and there, but um, because of the way that I was trained and because of just, I mean, I don't want to open doors to that. And so it's honestly not been much different than when they were there. It's easy to pop it off. Well, I tell you what's interesting. So I, I was thinking about you. Y'all being ladies um, and just some of the stuff that's going on. I know what you believe. Um, Y'all are both, you know, firebrands for Jesus. You love the Lord. Um, Y'all, I know your parents, you know, love them to death. They have, you know, just they have a kingdom mindset. And, but that doesn't make it necessarily easier in the world. In fact, I know, and I'm not asking for any names or anything like that, but you can see families divided, parents wanting their children to be modest or not just modest, to live their lives for Christ. And then the kids just kind of rockets. I mean, talk about that a little bit. Is that something you guys see more and more of? Yeah, for sure. It's rebellion anymore has, it's, it's spiked, it's skyrocketed. Yeah, I agree. It's like, well, I mean, it's like a, a flesh thing. It's not a, of the Lord. So, you know, the flesh will want to take over. We naturally rebel against the Lord. And so I think if the kids nowadays don't have, that firm foundation or like that strong um, influence from their parents of being in the word, believing in the Lord, it's easier for them to stray. And that's what I see a lot of happening nowadays. I've seen a lot of them stray that do have the strong home influence. I think that it's just, I mean, sin is fun and that's the, the enemy knows that. And so right now it is so much easier to go and sin and have fun and the world's telling you, yeah, let's go. This is what's fun. This is what living looks like. And in reality, you'll just end up down this dark path. And once you're in deep, you can't get out very easy. Well, and the thing about, you know, what the world will tell you is fun and good for you, it doesn't satisfy. It might feel good for, you know, a little bit, but nothing will actually last. And I think that's why kids nowadays sin over and over and over. And it's not even with, like, the same thing. It'll be different things that they sin with. It's because the world has been saying, like, this is going to make you feel good. This is where your worth is and that's they don't know that it's actually found in jesus like that's where your satisfaction is that's where you're going to be happy that's where your everlasting life is going to come from it's not going to come from relationships or you know how you dress whatever like that it's from the lord well so i know that both you ladies you know i I guess a little more than a year ago i made you 
go to YFN. Yes, you and, did. And you, you fought me tooth and nail. And I said, <laughs> yeah. all right, you can take a friend. And you took this <laughs> friend. I took this friend. And so what you did is you took her down and then you broke her arm. Yeah. Is that, kind of, is that not <laughs> well, what happened? Not really. She did it to herself. She broke her own arm? She's just a little competitive. It, just a tad bit. <laughs> I won though. That's the important yeah, we part. Did. <laughs> I won. I won. I won. That's that's the important part. It was worth it. You did good. Well, so here's the thing I want to talk about. Okay, y'all were both, and I, I really don't know exactly your, where you were, but I do feel like both of y'all were in a season where you needed, you needed to have a personal encounter with Jesus. Yeah, we did. Okay, for sure. and I think that that trip, and that that experience offered that for y'all. True. Very yes. True. Okay. So tell me, I think there's so many people that want to have an encounter with Jesus. They want to have an encounter with God. So I want both of you to think about it for a minute. And I'm going to start with you, McKinley. Just tell me about, so that, that year you went, and then you went again this last summer voluntarily, which I thought was awesome. But let's yeah. go back to the first year and tell me um, what clicked, what changed, what, what just because you came back, you made your faith your own. Yeah. Um, really, the Lord hardcore called me out when I was there and I, truth be told, I wanted out of so many of their situations that I had put myself into and it, I felt like I was in too deep and I realized that that trip, that was just, that was a lie straight from the pit of hell and I broke through and the Lord finally, he really, I really had that encounter and a lot of that actually came from a lot of people prophesying over me and the, the gift of prophecy is such a neat way to touch people because I mean, it's straight from the Lord and you, I mean, it's personal and it hit me right in the heart, and I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm yours. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love that. So, Mal, tell me about your experience. Um, so Is it I okay went, if I call you Mal? Yeah, I don't care. Mal, Mallory. Mal. Yeah, Mal's right. good. Mal's okay. Good. Um, I went into YFN, kind of dragged in McKinley. She was begging me to go, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go, <laughs> whatever. And so I went into YFN kind of just expecting it like every other church camp or like, you know, church thing I'd gone to. I went in with issues, of course. I mean, everyone has problems, and I went in with problems, and I was like, yeah, I'll go, but I doubt anything's going to happen because I've gone to these other places and been prayed over for the same things or, like, told people about my other problems and nothing happened, or that area would be like, yeah, life is great for two weeks, and then it's, like, back to the beginning, you know? And so... That's the mindset I had going into YFN, and then literally the first night, they discussed what I was going through, like what one of my problems was, and it was a problem that wasn't discussed very often, so I wasn't expecting it to be touched on, and it just hit me. I was like, okay, this is real. Like, God sees my problem, he sees where I'm at, and he's fixing it, and um, the last day of YFN, I, we were having, like, in our group, we were having just a discussion, like, if you have questions, or, like, if you want to share something with your group, you have the freedom to do that now, and I, for one, don't really like talking to people I don't know, I'm very much to myself. But you like hugs, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous laughter. Yeah, that's the one thing I've learned about Mallory, she, she does not like hugs, so I make sure and hug her every time I see her. Yeah, it's, uh, great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh so they just opened up like if you want to say something you have the freedom to do it and i've never been one to just public speak or like you know it's funny because here i am now <laughs> god's yeah. funny god's really funny he has a good sense of humor but um i was like there's no way i'm telling anything to anyone like i don't know these people i'm not i'm not saying it my mouth is shut 
And all of a sudden, my mouth starts, you know, talking, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I was voicing the things I was going through, and immediately I just started crying, and I hate crying in front of people. I don't cry at all. And so it was like, first of all, I'm talking in front of people. Now I'm crying. What is going on with me? And I realized, like, that was the Lord. Like, he opened he my broke mouth. Through. Yeah, he, he opened broke my through. mouth. Yeah. He put the words in my mouth to say. And basically what I said was just, like, I've been healed from many things that I came into wife in with. And it's, like, the best feeling I've had. Like, I've been set free for the first time, but I'm afraid of falling into that pit again. Like, what if it's great for a month and then I go back home and it's, you know, just the same. And that was my biggest fear because I wanted to stay in that freedom, but I was with all these other places I'd have gone to. It was great, and then it went back. And yeah. so I was crying, and I was, like, trembling and everything. McKinley was there next to me, and everyone just started praying over me. Like, our counselor was crying with me, and he just put his hand on my head, and he was just praying over me, and everyone was just surrounding me. And then there was another girl behind me who actually was going through the same thing. So everyone was reaching out their hands, touching us, and – well, I don't like being touched, but it was like, it almost wasn't the same. It was like spiritual, you know, like, I don't know if that makes it, sense. It was, it was a breakthrough in the spirit. And so what it is, I mean, it was, first of all, you, it was an impartation. So you, you, first you, you brought it into the light. As soon as you, I mean, the moment you got it out there, Holy Spirit said, all right, I'm going to take it from here. That's so, so many, many times when I teach or I preach, I say, all right, just, you have to, once you take that initial action and, and you show, okay, I'm going to move and I'm going to move in that. Then I tell you what Holy Spirit shows up. Then the impartation. I mean, people praying over you. There's certain things that happen just with a hand on the back or on the head, just 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 contact saying, okay, I'm here, or a hug. I'm here in it with you. And and just people to help bear that burden. I mean, Moses, there was a, I mean, if you'll remember, there was a time where Moses, I mean, they actually had, were holding him up, you know, under each arm. And so there's there's something to that. And so you were broken. And I love that story. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, you're worried. That you would be a month, right. you'd be back in where you were. So then what, though? You came back because clearly you didn't go back to that. Yeah, so I came back home, and, like, my parents knew about the things I was going through. They were trying to help me. They prayed over me and stuff like that. But I got home, and it was a little tense because they just sent me off with the problems, like, reaching their peak. And so I got home. There was a little bit of tension in the air, and Mom was like, so how did it go? And I was like, well, it was good. And then eventually I was telling her that, you know, I'd been prayed over about these things. And I was like, I really think I've been set free this time. Like I've, for years, for almost a decade, actually no, over a decade, I had been having these issues. And I was like, I think for the first time I'm actually good. Like I'm free and it's not something I have to worry about anymore. And so of course my mom and dad were thrilled about that. And so ever since then, like it has not been an issue. Like I'll get temptations about uh, the things I was going through, but now you know what to do with it. But now I know how to deal with it, and like now I know who to turn to. I don't turn to social media or you know other things that are just going to bring me down more. I turn to the Lord and the people that are filled with the Lord, so that they can help me through it. You know, absolutely. God, God puts people in your life to help you, and my parents were like a huge influence on me for that part of my life, and. I had really good friends around me, like McKinley and several other people who just prayed. And her me. amazing dad. And right? her amazing dad, of course. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> and <laughs> so, yeah, ever since then, I've been free. And then when we went back this year, 
I didn't really know what to expect because I was like, I've been freed. Like, I don't know what's going to happen this time. And then (laughs) it turned out I wasn't free from everything that I thought. And there were new things that I've been free from. So you're going to the next level. He's working at at the next thing. And and the thing is, that's awesome because that's something that all of us are going to go through. Until the day you fall in that hole, all right, or they put you there, okay, you're going to, you know, we're going to continue to grow. If you're not growing, then you're dying. You're moving backwards. There's either growth or death. Yeah. So I love that. It was cool going back this past year. I was like, I thought I was not perfect, but clean, I guess, and like made new, which I was, but it was like, God doesn't just stop with one miracle Mm -hmm. in one person's life. He just like builds and builds and builds and builds until you're just like this crazy in the world's eyes, this crazy Christian who will never shut up about the Lord, you know? And like, that's what I've become. And that's kind of what happened to me this last year. I was holding on to something that I really didn't need to hold on to. And the Lord was like, you're putting this above me. And like, you, you, you can't do that, right? You know, I need to be first in your life. And he showed that to me. And it was like an, a relief even that God was like, I'm not first in your life. You need to put me there. And I put him there because he showed me that what I was putting in front of him was actually worse for me. It like, always I mean, is. Any, anything that goes was. before the Father is going to be cursed. You know, that's the number one thing, right, is, yeah. is to put God in front of everything. In fact, in marriage, you've heard me talk to Mama. We talk about it. What's number? What's the priorities in our home? My priorities in our home are God first, and then my parents, they put each other first, and then all of us kids come last, unfortunately. Well, that's not, not last. That's third. Last, third. It's just like this, though, but that, that's the order. That's God's design, okay, yeah. Is, yeah. is that, you know, God has to be first. My marriage can't be what it needs to be if I don't have God first. Then mm-hmm. our marriage needs to be solid. And, 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 our, our, and it talks in the scripture about just a three-stranded cord, okay? So it's a scripture that we always use whenever we're preaching, right? Uh, or, or, sorry, uh, uh, given a, a marriage ceremony because God needs to be the center of that cord. The three-stranded cord is not soon broken, right? And then if we're solid, then guess what? Our kids can be solid. That's why yeah. the enemy in any political structure or anything else, the first thing that they try to do is to tear down family. Because that's, that's really the epidemic that we have in society. So I want to ask you this, McKinley. Um, you know, you had, you went back to YFN, you had a great encounter. Tell me a little bit about that, and then I'm gonna, I'm, I've got another question. I'm going to go from there. It was really neat because going back in, it was, I was going in completely surrendered. I was like, okay, God, I saw what, I saw what you did last year, so what are you going to have in store this year? And kind of like Mallory, I didn't know what to have, what to expect, really. And going in, it was so neat because I got to see the people around me. Like, I got to watch them. like watch them have their miracle and that was so so neat and um but then for me the lord he really touched me in a new way and again somebody through prophecy came up to me and so that's prophecy is something that's been on my heart and the lord's recently been he's like i want you to try some more of this and it's nerve-wracking but it is exciting and it was really neat i love seeing you girls working on the gifts of the spirit you know, and there's a lot of people even within, you know, our church and stuff that have come from backgrounds and stuff where they've seen these things misused. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and just, just speak to the church in the area of the pro- of prophecy. Thing. It's absolutely real. There's no expiration date on any of the gifts. Um, but I also know, and, and I've seen in, in many situations where, the, especially the gift of prophecy, um, you know, and some of these other gifts have been extremely misused. And so when we speak of this, don't let it stir your spirit the wrong way. It's really good. And especially when done in the right way and in the, yeah. in the correct light. Um, but I like seeing Holy Spirit moving y'all. Okay. So I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Okay. If, if, uh, so I, I grew up, my dad, he was born in 1952. My mom was born in 1951. 
And I used to watch all these shows as a kid, and they I loved the 50s. Still do. I mean, it was – I remember as a kid going down to Ira Ann, Texas. My grandparents, it's a little bitty, you know, town in uh, the Permian Basin, uh, Permian Basin area, about an hour and a half or so from Midland. And it, it was my favorite place on the planet. It was Main Street America. America was America. People loved our country. Americans loved their country. Yeah. Um, God was the center of it. Even people who weren't what we would consider – truly engaged and they believed that absolutely yeah jesus is the you know the way the truth and the life nobody comes through the father except through him they also believe that um you know they may not be able to have quoted that but that, that's that's how they felt they knew that jesus was truth yeah if you're in trouble and you're messed up and they said these are and you'd hear these phrases like well they're good christian folk you know <laughs> and that's what i you know it was good christian folk and that's that's what i want but then you know when i was a kid Predominantly, Eva still pretty much the same way, but I always would look back. Man, I would love to, growing up in the 50s would have been awesome. And uh, and it was, it really was. It was, a, it was a wonderful time in our country. With all that being said, I'm going to start with you on this one, McKinley. Do you ever look back at previous generations or whatever and long for a society or an environment like that? Yes, I really do. And I've always joked around saying that I was born in the wrong generation, but I know that the Lord put me in this generation for the very reason that we're here today. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I just love, I love the people's hearts and I love, I mean, even down to the music, like all the good stuff came from back in the fifties <laughs> and the sixties and anything. Yeah. Anything before now, I'm like, yeah, let's go. But, um, well, I the eighties were pretty good too. The 80s oh, were pretty the good. The eighties yeah. have my heart. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we know where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. I want to be in the eighties. The eighties are pretty good. But yeah, I do look back in that Main Street America and like even though we'll pass through little towns on family vacations and I'm like, ah, gosh, I love the feel of this little town and the people, they look at you in the eye and they smile and it just, they, they love people. And that's what I miss. Cause I mean, anymore, even driving as Pastor Jeff always mentioned, Sansi in his messages, I agree 100%. It's, it's not just Sansi these not days. Just Sansi, no. Yeah. People giving the, you know, the one finger salute, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's out there. Um, well, so Okay, so like, tell me what where in your heartstrings, okay, that that are pulled. So you're looking at those generations and those eras, okay. So what pieces about it that really draw you in that you wish you could see changed now? I wish that I could see people, Americans, love their country and not saying that they hate America, and that that breaks my heart. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just that. Just people, like they don't love people anymore. They won't look you in the eye. They won't like a simple how you doing or just even walking out the door and saying God bless. I mean, you say that to somebody now and they're going to give you a side eye and going to start some conversation about it. And which honestly, those that, those are good conversations because then you get to leave them to the Lord. But uh, that's that's what I long for. How about you, Mel? So right. tell me, like did you, you you perked up on the '80s? Oh yeah, <laughs> the Gipper. Yeah. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see the Gipper. Y'all didn't even know who the Gipper was, did you? Y'all no, kind of looked at me. One. Yeah, okay. I know who Reagan is, though. All right, well, <laughs> Reagan and the Gipper are one and the same. So tell me about, okay, what it is about you loved about the 80s um, that you think you loved about the 80s? I think I loved about the 80s. It was just a lot more laid back, I feel like. Because, um, I don't know, I feel like nowadays people take offense to everything and I'm like yeah you have to be careful about what you say and on eggshells. I tend to just say things like they are like I don't sugarcoat very often it's hard for me to sugarcoat and so because of that I know I've offended people a lot and I don't know I just feel like back then you could just be with be yourself and like say what you feel like is on your heart and people were like okay I'll take that into consideration like even if they didn't um like completely agree it's like 
they didn't backfire on you. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so, I mean, I agree with McKinley. Like, I wish we still lived in a world where Americans were truly Americans. Like, you love your country. You serve for your country. You love the Lord. Even if you aren't a Christian, you know who he is. And, like, you know that um, all these other Christians are on fire for him. You know, I feel like the term Christian has been used very loosely now. Well, like, it, it I, that's a good way to – that's exactly right. That's exactly, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're exactly no, no, right. No, no, I agree with good. you. It just – Christianity does not have the same meaning that it used to. And mm-hmm. I think, honestly, that's what I miss most of all. It's just I want to be able to say I'm a Christian without people being like, I wonder how much of a Christian she is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm not like a lukewarm Christian. You know, that's – that's what Christian means nowadays. It's lukewarm. It's like a subtitle, you know. Well, it's uh, it's used politically. Yeah. So there's yeah. so the scripture. So we're talking about. So let's. That's it's a good segue. Okay. So let me ask you all this: Do y'all think that we're living in the latter days? End days. I really do think that we are. I mean, everything's lining up with scripture, and I mean, scripture's never wrong. It's never wrong. How, what do you think, Mel? I think we possibly are. I don't know if it's like in the next few years kind of soon, but in the next decade, I would definitely believe it. Yeah, I agree. So there's, there's a lot going on, and, and I'm actually about to start doing a, a series called, uh, you know, The Architecture of the End Times, and, and I'm going to break some things down. But a lot of times when, when a, a person mentions end times to young people, it um, kind of depresses them a little bit, okay? Because I think y'all are afraid you're going to miss out on so much. I think that's really what the number one thing is. But I know that both of you, you know, we, that's why sometimes we need to talk more about the things of heaven. But being here in this time, it talks about in 1 Timothy 4 about the, uh, the apostasy of the church. Apostasy just means a great falling away. So do y'all think that y'all seen a great falling away of people going to church? Yeah, I, re- mm-hmm. I really do. And even like in the churches and everything too. And just where churches, ha- some churches have sided with things politically and, I mean, it's all things that are not of the Lord, and that, that's really where I would say that. Okay, so let's say that we see a great falling away. There's also going to be a great harvest. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the, I'm, I'm going to just speak to you know, what y'all don't realize, and, and I've, I've told y'all this, you know, in, in the car earlier, um, but there's, there's a, a generation out there that look at me and my family because we live the way that they did you know, a generation or two generations ago. We still live, and we, God is number one in our home. Um, we live for Christ. We raise our children uh, accordingly, and and you see the fruit of that in our in our life. Okay, so I, when I see young people like y'all, it inspires me. So I had not too long ago, you know, a, a fellow that I highly respect from a you know a generation before me say that it encourages him to see me and my family. Well, I'll tell you this: it encourages me to see y'all. Y'all truly are the hope. Okay, of the future. You're the next generation. And yes, you may see a lot of things, but look, at there, there's the millennial generation that really fell away. But Generation Z, which is technically your generation, I believe, they're probably going to come up with a different name later. You know, the, you know, Generation LGBTQ or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> see, you can fight for it. I got you fired up. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, but, you know, the, the things that you, you're, you, have, um, you have a say in your, in, in your society, guys. You have a say in the future of this country. You have a say in the future of your community. And so my charge to the two of you, and then I want to have you two kind of speak to others that may be in your generation, is to be bold. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Be bold in your faith. You know, 
you want to affect change, you want to see change, it begins with your circle of influence. Mal, you have a circle of influence. McKinley, you have a circle of influence. Both of y'all together have circles of influences. And even though, here's the thing, and y'all heard me say this before, you've got to speak truth. You got to do it in love, but you got to speak truth. And so, with that being said, okay, if you were going to sit down and be able to have a conversation with somebody who is astray, okay, and caught up with the things of the world, it's kind of a hard question. And giving you a minute, I'm slowing down so you can think for a second. All right, what would you want to say to them, your generation? I think I would just stress the importance of like the world is going to tell you you need these things. And they're going to leave out the most important one, which is Christ. Like, that's the only thing you need. You don't need technology and a boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, whatever. You don't need those things in your life. That's really good. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, you said something really important. I want to just go with it. You don't need to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Okay, so it's about identity. What you just spoke to is identity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you need to have your identity in Christ. Christ. Okay. My grandmother, she used to say something all the time that was, it was, I mean, I, it really stuck with me. She said, if you can't be happy by yourself, you can't be happy, happy with somebody else. Somebody else. Exactly. How many times have you heard that in your life? I've heard I've that a lot. engraved in my brain. After, yeah, you, you, McKinley definitely has heard it a number of times. So I want you to talk about that, though, okay? You don't need relationships. Yes, we love validation, okay? But something changed in your life, okay, when, just at YFN or wherever, but your generation is looking for answers in all the wrong places. Why is it so good? Just tell them, this is your personal testimony. Nobody can tell you it's wrong. Why is it so good for you, Mallory, to serve Jesus? I think it's good for me to serve Jesus because he was my sacrifice, and he paid for my sins, and because of that, I don't have to pay for my own problems. Like, I mean, I need to serve the Lord, serve people, things like that, to pay back to the Lord, because no matter what we do, you cannot ever match up to his gift that he was no, we, we can't. We, did, so, we, did, we didn't deserve it. Yeah. You're right. And so I think for me, it's like his blood was shed for me, and he died for me. He's paid for my sins, so I don't have to feel burdened in that way. And I think a lot of our, I think a lot of people in our generation feel burden, and yeah. they may not even realize that it's burden, you know? And so I think that's probably what I would say is like, you have burdens, you have problems, everyone does but they've been taken care of. You don't have to worry. You don't have to carry those on your own. The Lord sent his son for a reason. You know, it's like he didn't go and die on the cross for nothing. You know, he died, he died for our salvation. That. That's right. Yeah. Well, Jesus actually, so let me ask you, what, what, <laughs> it's one of those philosophical questions. What is truth? <laughs> right? Okay. So we live in a society where everybody says the phrase, well, it's not my truth. It might be your truth, but it's not my truth. McKinley, so when I say something like that to you, I mean, what does that kind of stir up inside of you? I don't know. It's like one of those, like, makes my blood boil, but then at the same time, I'm like, wait, let me tell you about Jesus. And, I mean, either way, no matter where you are, you're always going to have somebody disagree with you, no matter what you're talking about. It doesn't have to be just about just about the Lord. I mean, anything you talk about, I could be talking about, I like this ice cream, and they could be saying they don't like that ice cream, and we can start a whole argument off of it. Um, but I really, like, what is, my truth is Jesus, and I mean, if you... I'm going to try as hard as I can to get you to listen to me. but well, so, and I'm going to add on to that, actually, ahead. because everyone has a different story because we're yeah. all individual. So Jesus didn't make two people alike, you know. So, no, he didn't. of course, your story isn't mine because you're not me. And so I think it's just building off of that. 
it's like, yeah, you're not going to have the same experiences as me. You're not going to go through all the same things as me. That's because you're not me. You're you. And Jesus yeah. made you you for a reason. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, though. So you come back to you said Jesus is my truth. He is the truth. He is the truth. And that's really where we get so screwed up. Everybody tries to. So we live in, in have you all heard the term a, human, a secular humanistic you know, society, okay, and we're secular humanists. That's basically where it is now. Basically, in other words, a way to put it is hedonistic, self-serving, the things that I want to do, I'm going to do. Well, so that means that you have to, We're the way we're designed, we're created, we're made, you can't help it. We have to have our basis, our book. Well, what, what is our truth, right? And so if you, that's why when people who are hedonistic and living in sin, and you say, Jesus loves you, so we were on vacation uh, you know, this last week. And so our middle child, Annie, she, I love that sweet girl. She's I mean, she, precious. she's, she's, she's just, and I love all three of our little girls. They are all of our, all of our children, the three little girls though. I love you too, McKinley. That's not what I was getting at. I love that all three of our, our little, our little girls have had been kind of in a bubble. We homeschool, if you don't know that we, and that was something I never planned to do. Heck man, I never planned to have five kids and drive a church van either. So, but, so, but Annie, we were, we were at a, a store in Colorado and um, we went in there, and so you could tell, man, it was kind of, you could feel the vibe, right? It, it was, was definitely. It was the hippie through and through mountain. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It was, it was every bit of that, and, you know, very, definitely the secular humanist mindset. And so uh, we're checking out, and here's sweet little Annie, and she just goes, and she just looked at the, che- the check, the girl checking me out. Not like checking me out, but like checking <laughs> us did. out, okay? Um, she was, you know, you could just kind of tell that she was just angry, filled with anger. And Annie yeah. just said, Jesus loves you. And it, you could tell, I mean, I about blew that girl off. And you could yeah. tell there was a spirit conflict. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at Annie and I said, you're, you're absolutely right. He sure does. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's that sweet, pure, innocent boldness, okay? There was no fluff in her. She was being herself. And she planted a huge seed in that, in that girl. Yeah. And, and without that girl ever knowing it. Y'all, I've told y'all this before, but y'all are mighty. Y'all are so powerful. Y'all might be small in stature, but y'all are mighty. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why, you know, we actually had to switch, switch things up. You know, I had Mallory down there, had McKinley. <laughs> we look like a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> um, but, you know, but these ladies, they are, they are, I, I love y'all's hearts. Um, y'all both, you know, have taken, you know, the faith and run with it. And y'all are both evangelists. Mm-hmm. Now, Mallory you know, I, so she hardly said a word to me, like, for, I don't know, the first couple of years, it seems like I ever knew her. <laughs> it was more than a couple of years. All right, but once she started talking, she started talking, and uh, I, asked, I asked her this question, and she is passionate about her country. Well, let me put it in order. About her Jesus, about her country, you know, and, and so if I was, was going to talk to you about, like, uh, just where you would love to be able to have the biggest impact, do you have a, a ministry area or a group of people that you feel like you're supposed to reach out to? I really like reaching out to people my own age and younger, just because I feel like reaching out to people my own age, like they can relate to me or um, understand what I'm saying more just because it's like we're the same age, we're going through the same things at the same time. And then the younger generation, I just think it's important to reach out to them too because they're watching us. And yeah. they're watching to people. They are above watching us. you closely. Yeah. Very and closely. so I really feel led to reach out to children and to teens or just like people my age because the younger ones are gonna watch and the ones that are my age, that's when they get lost. 
a lot, I find, especially now. That's when they get lost because all these influences are in their life. And they're well, it's hard to be your age. Yeah, yeah, it is hard. And, and just for the audience, I mean, especially if you're listening online and you're not actually watching, um, both these ladies, you know, uh, are so you're 18. McKinley's about to be 18. Um, and so that kind of tells you just where things are. And that was a really tough season. That's a hard season. I don't care who you are. Back when I was, you know, in the 90s, early 90s. That's when I was your age. Golly, it seems like a long time ago. Sorry, pause for a moment there. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's, it's never been easy to be that age. But I've said this many times. It's never been harder in the history of the world than it is right now to think to be at your age. It's so hard. So, McKinley, if you're going to encourage any let's, – let's talk to those who, who are saved but they're struggling, okay, um, and they feel maybe isolated or alone or like they can't do it. They feel like they're just going to have to give in. Can you speak to that, that audience? Yeah, I can. And um, one of the things, too, is if you feel alone, the enemy has you right where he wants you because he knows that if he can get you alone, then there's not going to be anybody else to come out here and help you because those people are going to be the people that are holding you up and helping you get through what you're getting through. And you can you build up all of these mindsets and these scenarios and you make yourself believe I'm alone and nobody wants me and I'm neglected and you build up this it's just a mindset and I believe I mean our generation it has this mindset everything about our generation is I mean anything in general the mindset but um our generation especially it's this mindset of um I want to say almost even being the victim but speaking out to the question that you were asking um you're not alone and if you can just you're not too far gone. Just turn around. Just stop. All you got to do is say, yes, Jesus, I'm yours. And as soon as you can find somebody to hold on to and you can t bring it into the light, like we talked about earlier, as soon as you bring it into the light, I mean, the enemy has no hold on that. Well, they need community. Yeah, you need community. And and I, I think that's something that, that we overlook. You know, you young people, y'all have think about the friends that uh, the circle you guys run in, okay? You got a good group of friends. And, and you hold each other accountable. That's important. You know, Proverbs tells us that bad company corrupts good habits. Mm -hmm. Or depending on the version, evil company corrupts, you know, good habits, right? And, and it is evil. I mean, the evil one wants to go out there and to throw you off your game and to pull you away. And Pastor Jeff says this, you know, really well. The sin will take you further than you wanted to go and make you stay longer than you ever wanted to stay. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're struggling right now, I would just encourage you, maybe you're not even going to a, our church uh, or a church. Go find a good house, church. Just mm -hmm. find, find a community that has kids either your age or teenagers or young adults your age. Or I may be speaking even to, it's not, this is not a unique issue to your, your age. This is to anybody. Um, we were designed for fellowship. So I would highly encourage you to get people around you. Surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up, love you, you know, go through Christ with you. Walk not just one, but two miles, as the word says with you. All right. Well, I'm going to have a couple more questions, then we'll wrap things up. Um, so y'all were both homeschooled. Yeah. yeah. You want to show them the homeschool high five? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I never seen that before? <laughs> All right. So. Um, you know, so the one thing that I never thought we would do, and honestly, is homeschool. Um, this ended up being an incredible blessing. In homeschool, I, before I go any further, uh, homeschool is definitely not for everybody. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, there, there, we have wonderful, one, just like we prayed over, our teachers and, and staff and administrators, you know, in the public school system. We need you guys. And there's so many uh, people of faith in the public school system. Um, and so I'm not saying this at all. 
I think just because I've watched y'all, so what I'm about to say, it, it created an opportunity. And I would say one of the most important opportunities is it, we it forced us to connect. Yeah. You, would you agree with that in your experience yeah, yeah. too? 100%. So as parents, you were, now there's been plenty of those days where you didn't really want to connect, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're the bad guys, but it forced connection. And so I would say this to I'm going to ask you all this. So do y'all, do y'all regret, okay, the fact that we homeschooled you guys? Oh, no. Not at all, no. Especially looking at other people my age. And, I mean, there are those good people, and, I mean, just anywhere you are. But, I mean, there I know a lot of people who are my age, and they go to public school, and they don't really have their – um, identity set in the Lord, and so they sway. And once you watch just how that affects, and it's it's like a ripple effect. And um, well, mean, there's so much stupid in the schools these days. Now I'm yeah, not talking about the kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about just school. the yeah, sin. Yeah. I mean, it, there's stupid things where people are wearing cat and dog costumes to school. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. some yeah. of the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life. And all these questions about whether I, what bathroom I'm supposed to use. I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. So you're drug into this culture war. You and know, then it's shoved down your throat, and you can't yeah. get away from it, and yeah. So, okay. That being said, okay, if you were going to tell your public, you know, school friends, okay, because I know, especially as a teenager, you really don't want to be around your parents all that much. But I think it's important. Hey, just over there laughing and smiling. Yeah. You, you don't want to be around me. You ready no, to go? No, I like being here. Oh, I appreciate. <laughs> um, but it, it, it just, I would I would tell parents. I bet I'll speak to the parents real quick. If you have children in public schools, what really I think makes the homeschool thing important is that we're forced to connect. Connect. You know, it, it's the most common thing now that you got to be constantly on the go, and you're always you know you got this event and this event and this event and this event. And I'm just going to tell you, man, find time every single day, every single day to stop and to connect with your kids. <sighs> Force a meal. Um, you know, if you got if you're, you're doing three sports, you know, back it down to two. How I'd highly recommend just doing one thing, one you know major thing. So, with that being said, you know the the school system in uh, the public school system, you know, K through twelve is is much more difficult. But the college school system has changed a lot. Yeah, now, that's something y'all haven't encountered yet, but you probably have friends who have gone off to college. Have y'all seen a shift in in any behavior from some of those friends maybe who've gone off to school? In a few of them, yeah. Um, especially ones that it was crazy because they were um, people that I looked up to when I was younger and I grew up with them. And a lot of it was formed through dance because being homeschooled, um, dance was really my big social outlet. And uh, just growing up and watching a lot of those people and then they went off to college and they are not really the same people anymore. And it breaks my heart. And it doesn't have to be that way, but for them, unfortunately, that is how it was. But I believe still, God st still is after them, or I know he's after them. We're going to pray over them here in a minute. Mm -hmm. You kind of have the same experience, Mel? Um, yeah, I have seen those people who go off to college being, like, firm in Christ and or saying so, and then they come back home for a break or whatever, and then they change, you know? It's but just so I've much also, temptation. Yeah, it is temptation. I've also seen the opposite thing happen, like with my brothers, for example. Both my brothers are in college. And, I mean, going them going into college, I would have said, like, yeah, they're firm Christians and they know where their identity is. But that has come through even more with them being in college because there's so much pressed on them in college. Like, Christ has been, out of, has been taken out of the school and 
you know, the professors or whoever is pressing things on them that they know isn't true or they know isn't godly. And so I think I've seen the opposite effect as well with my brothers. They've become mm-hmm. stronger because of it. Well, I, you know, I've had a chance to be around Jordan mm-hmm. more than, you know, in anybody else, I guess, really. Because they're you know, going to our church now, and, and I love seeing them there. And I've seen him, you know, just I've, I've watched him grow a little bit. Uh, and I think it's, it's awesome. I, and that's what it is. That's, and that's what I want to get at. And I think that's really what the whole message comes down to is being firm in Christ, being yeah. anchored, you know, in knowing who you are in Jesus. And let me tell you something. I want to go ahead and tell you girls a secret. Okay. I know who I am in Christ, but he's still carving the sculpture. Yeah. He's, I'm still growing in him every day. I'm re- he's revealing new things. Just like you said earlier, Mount, that whenever, um, you know, you thought, well, I was, I was delivered from this. But then it's like, oh, now we're working on this. Oh, okay. I mean, and, and that never changes. And, and if it does, you're, going, you're doing something wrong because we're stuck in this world and we're going through it. Um, and there's going to be the, the world try to stick to you. And that's why it talks in Ephesians, you know, in chapter 6 about putting on the armor of, uh, of God every single day. You know, going and putting on the full armor. You know, the breastplate of righteousness, the sort of truth. We, we need to know what it is. And so I'm going to start wrapping up with this. And that is, how do each of you spend time with the Lord each day? You can go first. You can go first. Sure, you can go first. <laughs> I am a worshiper through and through. In my house, there's music everywhere. I mean, that's just that's our family culture. And I mean, my parents, they have, they're up there doing the worship team. And I help out in the youth doing it there. It's just worship has a special place in my heart. And so um, my favorite thing to do, I get up for work early and I like taking the new part of the loop and it's about to be taken over with a bunch of high schoolers driving. But um, yeah, which, it is. I mean, I am a high schooler <laughs> driving, but you know, um, <laughs> but I get up while the sun is rising and it's beautiful out there because it's not um, as developed out there as it is in town. And so I have my worship music blast in and I just, I spend my time with the Lord in my car and when I get to the clinic, which is where I work, um, I'm one of the first people there. And so I've gotten to where I'll turn my worship music on and I just go around and I declare it around. I just declare the name of Jesus around that clinic and the atmosphere has changed. And I, yeah. I love that. I love it, kiddo. How about you, Mel? Um, so there's actually a few different ways. I think in general it would be worship like McKinley. Um, but sometimes I'll just sit at our piano and I'll just figure out chords to worship songs because I'm a... I hear the songs and I do better just figuring it out rather than reading the music. So I will just play and sing. And then that's like a really special spot for me because that's where I've had a lot of encounters with the Lord. And then this is a really random one, but in our kitchen, I will just start dancing, like making up some little choreography. I want to say, I want to say this. They may not know y'all are dancers. I can't remember if we mentioned that, but these are both ballerinas. So, okay. But you start dancing. Yeah, and so I'll just, like, start playing a song, a Christian song, and choreography will just come to me, and then I will just start doing it, and I won't remember what I did, like, five seconds later, but it's, like, it's still a really special moment for me because I'm just worshiping the Lord, and um, even when I, I teach dance, so even when I'm teaching and, like, showing choreography or, you know, helping the students, I feel him there, too, because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yes, I'm teaching them dance. I'm teaching them how to point their toes and, you know, all that stuff. But more than anything, if they don't remember the entire class, that's fine. But if they remember the Lord, that's what matters to me. And Absolutely. so I feel him a lot there when I'm teaching. Because that's one of my spiritual gifts is teaching. And so I feel 
him a lot in the studio when I'm teaching because I just, I pray a lot in our classes. I make sure that the students know they can come to me for prayer or, you know, whatever is going on in their life. And so I feel like most of all, honestly, I feel him when I'm teaching because I just, more than anything, want the students to know that they're loved, not only by me, but by the Lord, which is like a greater love than they can imagine. I love that. Well, we're going to wrap it up, but I want to do this. Um, I want to pray over those uh, who are struggling, um, not, ju- not just the uh, the young ones, not just the kids that are y'all's age and, and the college age, but just anybody who's within the sound of our voice uh, struggling. I would just uh, ask, hey, McKinley, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Okay. Um, but if you would, would you just pray over that group of people who may be struggling and are looking for a place to be? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you will just make these people feel seen and loved and known and that they will feel your presence and have an yeah. encounter like you, like no other encounter that they have experienced before, Jesus. I pray that That's there right. will be people placed in their life and they you're there on on their uh, they're there on purpose for a purpose and they're those people that you place there, I know that they're gonna touch the hearts of those people. Just let them feel loved and um let them come to you, Jesus. I love that. Well, thank you guys for joining another episode of Digging for the Truth. Um, we're so glad that you were here today. We're going to be uh, talking about some, we have some new things we're going to be doing here soon. We're going to actually start having some uh, some shorter, we're going to call them just, I don't know if we're going to call them Digging for the Truth shorts or Digging for the Truth bites or Digging for the Truth something, but we're going to have short, just five to 10 minute lessons, um, things that are going on with uh, just society, things that are co- uh, current events and some things of that nature. Secondly, we're fixing to start a new series. Um, that be at least a couple of episodes on the architecture of end times. You're not going to want to miss any of that. Thank you guys for joining us. We're praying over you. If you have any questions or if you even have something you want to learn about, email us at here at the Church of TCAB, and uh, we will uh, try to do something about that. Thank you guys for being a part of this. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.